Welcome to another episode of the Scrumcast. I'm Derek Neighbors. I'm Clayton Langelzigich. I'm Ray Venwater. And I'm David Bland. So, uh, David, I know you've been doing a bit of work um, in the kind of startup community and the enterprise community um, and kind of bringing uh, lean startup principles to um, enterprises and kind of agile to startup companies. And so today I just want to talk a little bit and say, uh, you know, where are you seeing um, traction? You know, why do you think enterprises are wanting to adopt lean startup principles? And maybe we can talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how that ties back to agile. Sure. Yeah, currently I'm out here in the Bay Area working with um, on an enterprise transformation. And in doing so, I'm noticing that this company in particular, and, and others, I'm seeing a trend, is really dealing with a lot of unknowns. Um, probably a level of unknown that they have not experienced in their lifetime. Um, nothing is getting more stable for them. And so I'm noticing a couple of cool things happening. One is that some of these companies are starting to rethink their vertical silos and break teams down into product teams. And in doing so, they almost become these little self-contained units within the company. So as they're trying to become agile and release early and often, it makes sense to give them other tools that can empower them to really validate business models, to experiment, and kind of iterate quickly and find these new customers and these this new stream of revenue because these companies are successful but sometimes I get the feeling they're not sure why they're successful they could be because of actions recently or they could be because of actions they've taken 10 years ago so um, I think it's a combination as a convergence of the just agile movement gaining traction and also um, the economic downturn and just the uh, uncertainty and instability that these companies face so I, I, one of the, the kind of questions I have is kind of a I think the lean startup men- mentality kind of believes that you know entrepreneurs are everywhere and, and kind of ideas come out everywhere and I and I really believe that, um, but a lot of times in enterprises there's a culture that says it's not okay to kind of have ideas or to be curious or to explore, and are you seeing any pushback where um, perhaps team members um, are struggling to engage? Um, in kind of entrepreneurial activity within these product teams? Yeah, so I do see some behaviors that I find interesting because in the past, especially before these companies transform into product teams, these people have tried to innovate or tried something and hit a wall and had their hand slapped. And now they just perceive that barrier is still there. So part of what I do is working with the executives and making sure that they can communicate to these teams, look, these barriers are no longer in place. You're, we actually need to empower these teams so that they can experiment and try new things. And it's refreshing to hear, um, I was talking to a president at, at this particular company who said, wow, I want my teams to do things that may not even involve code to experiment on whether or not the solution actually is worth pursuing. And so that gives me um, gives me hope that you know once we get these uh, silos broken down and we get product teams within enterprise corporations that we can help them learn or relearn um, how to experiment within the context of, of their products. Um, and so I'm curious, David, this is Clayton here, what do you think it takes to get more presidents uh, to have that mentality? You know, how do you get people in that kind of C-level to want to take that uh, that approach? Yeah, it, it's really... Um, 
the right personality, I think, is key. So one of the things unique to some of these companies I've seen out here is that the cultural shift is already happening. And certainly some presidents are going to be more receptive to this than others. So I think it takes um, having the right mindset to embrace this. Um, I think some of it's external pressure, right? So as they're trying to squeeze and get more out of less and they're getting pressure from their stakeholders and their shareholders, then they're really uh, willing to open up and try new things. But I don't think there's a silver bullet to it. I think uh, the popularity of Eric's book is helping because I see it on more desks. But um, yeah, it's not going to be received well. I think it's still pretty progressive and we're still pushing. Um, We're kind of blazing a trail here that I I don't think everyone's going to follow. So so I I kind of almost think that perhaps we look too much at the lean startup as being a panacea. Um, You know, so... You know, I, I see corporations uh, maybe looked at Agile, and they said Agile is the bomb. It's going to save our ass. Um, it's going to make us innovative. And so they go and they adopt Agile, and, you know, they look at velocity, and they do all this stuff, and they're still getting their asses handed to them, but they're a little more efficient at what they're doing. Um, and so they go, oh, the real problem is that we don't know what we're really supposed to be releasing. So if we adopt this lean startup thing, that's going to save our, our hide, so to speak. And, and I, I, I kind of... I have seen a couple companies that have adopted this that are looking at it as more of a silver bullet. Um, in reality, you know, the best I can tell, most companies just have radical culture problems. I mean, they're they're not they're not treating their employees like entrepreneurs in any way, shape, or form, even though they give lip service to it. So, how how do we get to the point? And this is kind of a question to everybody: How do we get to the point where we're having meaningful conversations and teams actually act? like startup teams instead of uh, teams reporting to a project manager or an operations manager or a CTO um, that are really just trying to save their hide? So I think part of it is a matter of responsibility because I think I've seen in a few companies that tried to set up this type of innovation culture, maybe with a small part of the company, they had a, a culture of these guys innovate and come up with an idea and develop a rapid prototype but then don't actually bring it to market and don't follow up on it and then you had all these other teams where one team was in charge of QA and one team was in charge of um, just development or just development in one language or whatever and um, I think when a one particular team takes full responsibility for a product from start to finish and the maintenance of that product they're going to spend more time and make it a quality product and be more invested in the product itself because it's something that they're not just working on until they can work on the next thing, right? It's like, this is what we're building, and we're building this whole thing, and I'm going to be a part of this. I I feel like that's a a good step in the right direction. And David, you had mentioned the idea that people try and do some innovation and get their hands slapped. Um, And one thing I think is interesting is, you know, everyone has their comfort level, and I think in organizations, they even have their own comfort level where people are willing to get on the bandwagon for, you know, say, doing Agile or something. Uh, But they get to the excuse me, the end of the road where they don't have the roadmap for what they're supposed to do next. And the, you know, kind of the first thing they do is maybe revert back to the, what they know how to do, uh, which probably isn't the right answer. Uh, you know, I think if, if that's a nut that someone can crack, you'd, uh, you'd make a lot of progress there. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, actually it's quite a complicated problem. So I, I see a couple of things happening. One is, um, 
teams thinking that lean startup basically means we do what the customer says or you do some split testing and then that is your vision and I try to step them back and say well you should have a vision but you should be constantly testing that vision against reality so what kind of experiments can you do to test your vision so it doesn't necessarily replace vision it's not a spreadsheet you tinker with and you just become uh, successful um, I'm also seeing a uh, risk adverse culture here at other companies where how do you how do you experiment with a with a product that might drive 50% of the revenue of your company. I mean, that's a real challenge. I mean, how do you even begin to make them feel safe about doing that? So we talk about Lean Startup in the sense of new products, right? But it's a very different animal when you're looking at an existing product. And at some point, you know, you, you start to cannibalize existing, uh, existing products. You, you need to innovate, but how do you do so and not alienate your existing customers and cut off that revenue stream? And... Uh, and then another thing is that you have all these different departments within the enterprise organization and they don't play nice. So you might be trying to experiment and uh, marketing runs uh, some kind of rogue campaign that artificially inflates your numbers that you weren't even aware of. So I've been trying to take, just trying to change the tone of the conversations and trying to align people. So one, uh, well, that's many steps, but one is talk about cohorts, try to get people to think about if you want to experiment, how do you do so in a safe way and how do you line it up across the org? So making sure that you're actually targeting the right users. Um, the next is putting some safeguards in place where if you do want to do some experiments, how do you turn it off really quickly? So there's some things we can do here and there at a tactical level. But um, yeah, it, it's really an uphill battle. I mean, it's I think there's a lot of buzz around it, but when it comes down to day-to-day, how do you help the teams? It's it's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I think you brought two two things up that are critical that enterprises are not looking at in startups, and that's every startup I've worked for, you know, is two to five people, and they all do every single job. They're all sales, they're all marketing, they're all development, they're all you know, they're, they're the the shared hats are you know the guy who's the janitor might be the guy who deploys the code that night, and the guy who cuts the biggest contract might be you know, um, the guy mopping the floor because that's the limited resources. And so I see enterprises kind of taking the lean startup mentality and taking it to a development team or an innovation lab or a small subset, but that team doesn't include somebody from marketing. It doesn't include somebody from sales. It doesn't include, you know, everybody in, you know, kind of the whole ecosystem of a company. And to me, it seems foolish, you know, that you would start a startup and say that, the startup only has a technology piece and they don't have, you know, a designer, they don't have a, you know, marketer, they don't have a salesperson, you know, how, how do you get the ball rolling in that environment? Um, and then the other one that I think you brought up that uh, we should talk about is, you know, when you have existing products, you know, you bring a product to market, maybe it tests great, you do your um, learning cycle, right? And, and you, you get a whole bunch of uh, feedback in your learning loop and you're ready to go, but it now has to authenticate into um, the rest of your system. It has to use your payment system. And, and none of that stuff had to happen when you were just kind of doing your um, adaptive learning loop, right? But now that it's live, it has to, to integrate with all these things. And you know now you're dealing with teams that maybe are not using the lean startup methodology. And now it's going to take four years to bring this thing to market. And, and how do you address that? Who maintains it once the you know innovation lab hands it off, the startup team hands it off? How does it get maintained? Yeah, those are all great points. I think um, I'm simply trying, along with coaching, to show people they have options and kind of use the elbow method to get people to talk to each other. So, you know, if you 
are iterating on a product and you're not seeing the numbers go, the needle isn't moving, then you might need to do something bold. So what does that mean? Well, perhaps you can do something under a different brand that isn't going to damage the existing brand and try something radical out and see if that moves the needle. But then once you do that, how do you bring that back into the fold, right? And I think it's important to have product teams that own the product, not so much innovation teams that innovate and then hand it off, because I think a lot can be lost in that handoff, like you alluded to. So I think um, I think that's one way to approach it is just to make to make it clear that they have the freedom to do that and to make it safe for them to do that. So a lot of the work is with the team level, but then you have to kind of back up and talk to the execs and make sure that they're on board with it and that this team isn't going to get their hand slapped for trying something that bold. So, um, Yeah, where I'm seeing it happen is I I, I think that um, I think most people could agree that a lot of the principles from Lean Startup work well for product (laughs) teams and implementing those are, are really great. But what happens is they have to have the latitude to really pivot product and really experiment, which means they have to have kind of executive support at some level or somewhere above the team they have to have support. And what I found in almost every organization where we've kind of pulled some of these principles into, um, when it kind of goes up the food chain, instantly they want to create like a specialized team that like just this one team kind of gets to do this and then that team gets squirrely like almost instantly. So, so you know, how are you, how are you guys starting to approach that to where you don't end up with the innovation center that's kind of, you know, often its own little rule set and isn't really part of the culture of the organization and isn't a little special snowflake? How are you combating that in your in your implementations sure yeah and i think this is what's really um got me excited about the enterprise again is that um, i'm starting to really work outside the teams quite a bit and think of organizational agility so not only am i working with the teams to help them become uh safe and and actually deal with products but also at the executive team uh cross-functional across the org and have them really address some of these things like is this team going to be able to experiment and are you backing them? You know, what can we do to make them feel safe? Um, what kind of organizational impediments are they going to run into outside the team level that we can remove, that we can change? You know, there's socks, controls, and there's all kinds of stuff that's baked within the enterprise that may not even be valid anymore. Um, we need to really retake a hard look at that because I don't think Lean Startup in the Enterprise works unless you have product teams that are empowered to experiment and they have the buy-in from the executives. Otherwise, I just think it's it sounds cool when you try it, but really, it, it's really not. When you peel back the layers, it it's just not. Um, it's it's not adhering to the principles in any way. So, any final comments as we kind of go out, guys? Uh, I'm curious, David, um, and also for the people listening, where can uh, where can we find you? You know, are you on Twitter? Do you have a blog? Um, how would I learn more about Lean Startup stuff or yourself in, in particular? Yes, I'm pretty active on Twitter uh, at David J. Bland, B-L-A-N-D. And I do have a site, uh, scrumology.net, although it is woefully out of date at the moment. So uh, I, when I find time and uh, Lean Startup in the Enterprise is a lot of work along with all the other agile foundational stuff that needs to occur to support it. So um, when I find time to blog about it, I will. And I'm also... Um, um, speaking at some conferences on it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out there. Just come find me. And for those uh, listening at home, I think uh, 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 San Francisco Agile um, coming this summer, I think in June, probably have a number of topics and a number of people that are kind of experimenting with 
um, agile and startups as well as kind of lean startup principles within enterprise too. And I believe you'll be there, David. Uh, yes, if I have a panel at the moment with uh, Steve Blank and some others, so I'm pretty excited about it. if it does get accepted, it should be a fun time. And, and those that don't know a lot about the lean methodologies, if you look up Steve Blank and Eric Reese, R-I-E-S, um, R, yeah, R-I-E-S, um, both of them talk a ton about this um, for startups, not necessarily startup in the enterprise, but I believe both of them are really starting to move towards uh, adopting these principles into the enterprise. So there's tons of great reading out there on the net. Um, and until next time, thanks for joining us. And Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integramtech.com slash scrumcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking we'll for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Scrumcast is brought to you by Integram Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integramtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.